Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's up, Rich? Do you think there are any car insurance brokers who actually like cars like I do? Well, there's Adrian Flux. They really like cars. They'll insure classic cars, performance cars, even heavily modified cars. Excellent. Oh, you know what else I like? Cheese. Do Adrian Flux like cheese? Well, why would you be insuring cheese? You can't be too careful. This episode of the Smithers Div podcast is sponsored by Adrian Flux Insurance. I'm Richard Porter. I'm Johnny Smith. And this is Smith & Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars and this week, three-spoke alloys. I sent a text the other day to Jason Plato asking if he'd got the clap for the NHS. I thought that was quite a funny <laughs> joke. But I, 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 Did he reply? I heard nothing back. Uh, no, I heard nothing. Nothing. So it's slightly, slightly awkward now. Oh well. Yeah, that is quite awkward when people don't don't reply. I was convinced it was funny. I thought that's that's solid material. Yeah, well, that's why I, I feel like I've 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 kind of I've, I've I've shot the mortar and I've got none left. I can't hear Jason Plato's name now in any context without remembering the story that you told me about you and him doing big boy wheeze at Millbrook Proving Ground and getting told off by security. Well, that is the every time I talk to him, he still refers to the Golden Arcs. We're, we're us doing the Golden Arcs. <laughs> And, yeah, we, we nearly got banned from the premises for doing big boy ways, despite the fact the, to- the, the toilets were locked and it would have been about a 15-minute drive to get to the other toilets. But hang on, correct me if I'm wrong. When you say big boy wee, what you mean is you both had your trousers and underpants around your ankles, <laughs> is that correct? <laughs> I, it's, it's a little bit fuzzy. The details are a little bit fuzzy on that. I uh, just... I can't quite remember if my pants were to the ground and my trousers. I think they were. I think it was also a very hot day, and I also think there might have been um, might have been a VIP driving experience day being held by Aston Martin, uh, um, oh very nearby. Uh, <laughs> now, if you that's all I'm going to say. Flick the right-hand paddle, that'll change the gearbox up. And, oh, look, there's the racing driver, Jason Plato, and television presenter Johnny Smith, both having wheeze with their trousers and underpants around their ankles, <laughs> like big boys. It, yeah. It wasn't intentional that we timed it uh, the way that we timed it, um, but I think someone in a rapid um, pressing on on the Alpine route might have had a slight loss of control. At one point, <laughs> when they saw something that they weren't expecting to see. But hey, you know, um, it was all innocent. They're quite, uh, uh, what's the word, militant, aren't they? Security at Millbrook, from memory. Millbrook is the total opposite, um, total opposite of um, Br- Bruntingthorpe. The recently um, sold oh, yeah. to new owners, Bruntingthorpe. I just saw a couple of weeks ago. Was that a couple of weeks ago? They said they're not going to do any. You're not going to allow car yeah, the testing pr- and the proving ground. Yeah, the proving ground is closing. It's been it, it's it's been sold, and so a lot of the planes have to find a new home, and a lot of the uh, and testing has to find a new home. It's all predominantly going to be used at two mile straight, the iconic two mile straight. I've spent way too many hours of my life on. Of um, it's going to be turned into just pure car storage. Hmm. It's just it's just going to be lines and lines of uh, repos or they're off lease. D fleet, yes, D fleet. It's all D fleet stuff that's come back from rental companies and things that have just come back from lease that they want to drip into the dealer network. That's what I gather anyway, because there's a lot of I don't I don't know. I haven't been to Bruntingthorpe for Bruntingthorpe for years. Haven't you? uh, No, we. In the TV stuff that I've done, we never really filmed there. Very rarely. I've been there for other things. I went there once to drive a noble uh, prototype with um, Ben the Stig Collins. And it was very unfinished, this noble. We were having an early go in it. Lee Noble, 
let us come try it out because he really wanted to get it onto Top Gear. And Ben took it for a real thrash around the track. And I remember thinking, what if a wheel comes off now? Yeah. Because there's a lot of stuff to hit at Bruntingthorpe if you get it really wrong, <laughs> isn't it? You could just slew into a cluster of astras and, and it would all be over. Uh, I, I, I loved it. The, two things, because we, we filmed so much there for Fifth Gear, so much. Uh, I, I've spent lots lots of fun days and lots of actually just windswept quite dreary days there but mm. yeah i mean you amazing you just go for a i remember just casually going for a wee underneath a vulcan and you and now now that, <laughs> now that you can't do that anymore you go oh actually those were that that was quite a special moment you turn up and you'd just be able to drive around a nimrod you know i i've, I've tried to drift around an airplane before it's sometimes worked and yeah, and they're quite cash about doing VMAX stuff, which is obviously what a lot of people go to Bruntingthorpe for. Um, mm. But yeah, it's uh, but but Millbrook's very different, very very different rules. Quite strict, I remember. Yeah. Again, I haven't been to Millbrook many times, but I I have been there a bit, and I just remember yeah, security always used to like give you a big talking to, didn't they? And there's all this, and no, they always used to go no cameras, and we'd be like. We're a TV film crew. <laughs> I know that. Kind of need the cameras. No, but I mean, none of your none of your personal cameras, okay? And we're going to send a minder with you to make sure the TV cameras aren't pointing at anything they shouldn't. Yeah, they have a, have a minder with us all the time on Fifth Gear. Because the, the time. first time I filmed there, uh, the minder came with us and we stood. We were standing above that the, the high-speed bowl yeah. to get some shots of something going round. And we've been given this big talk. The minder will be with you at all times. And if he sees that you're filming something you shouldn't, he will immediately tell you to stop filming and you will be required to wipe the tapes and blah, 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 blah. We got up, first shot, start filming the stuff going around the high-speed bowl. And there was another secret car going round. And he went, bloody hell, look at that. <laughs> and I thought, you're not very good in your role as <laughs> keeping people away Chaperone from the secret, secret stuff. I mean, it wasn't super secret. It was the... Um, it was the Renault Sport version of the Megane, which hadn't been launched at that point. Oh, yeah. Why it was at Millbrook? It's really weird sometimes, yeah, the stuff you see. that is a bit odd, yeah. But like, but like those two places, I mean, obviously Millbrook was, was made specifically for the for testing vehicles, wasn't it, by Vauxhall or GM. Yeah. But like Bruntingthorpe um, was a, is, is an ex-World War airfield, isn't it? And then... Um, and then it becomes the place where they did all the official testing for the McLaren F1, the Noble. Um, did they? Was yeah. The F1 tested there? The, the F1 was developed there, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, there's some awesome stories and things. A lot of F1 um, teams have used Brunters, which is remarkable given how bad some of the surfacing is. But <laughs> I yeah. guess you just have to pick Yeah, it's very stone place. chippy, isn't it? It's, it's, I, how oh, is yeah. it that it's been there for years and yet still... It's gritty. It's like I think the surface just sort of it, it's breaking up a bit, isn't it? Just generates grit. Yeah, there's bits of concrete. Some of it's concrete, some of it's not. Uh, the, the 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 wavy little circuit bits been tarmacked before. Weirdly, we were we were filming a team test for Fifth Gear, and it was and Plato was trying to get this Lexus to step out. What was what Lexus was it? Anyway, we were going round a couple of times. And there were some bike guys testing, and it um it and I think they were Royal Enfield. Um, Testing because Royal Enfield has premises at Bruntingthorpe now. Oh, again, didn't know that. Yeah, it has a like a little uh, UK R and D centre, huh. and um, and we were going around there, and this guy was absolutely on it on this Royal Enfield, which is not a kind of bike you expect to see full knee down action on. And I think he went past us and then went into that big right hander, which is where before you go into the um, the sort of chicane bit, and it just he just came off. He just he, oh. he came off the bike and he slid along on his back for ages, oh. and then went on to the grass and then just got up, found the bike. The bike wasn't ruined. I don't know why, and um, <laughs> I just managed to get with 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 broken bars and things. Just got on it, started it, and rode it back. <laughs> and I got a glimpse into the life of a test rider. It's like oh, the the stakes are a little bit higher, aren't they? Oh Jesus. You'd yeah. have to be deranged, wouldn't you? I saw yeah. once. I I saw them doing ABS testing. Uh, on motorbikes at uh, Myra, speaking as we are of British proving grounds. And they just basically put some sort of stabilisers on the motorbike, like outrigger sort of things. Um, Have you ever seen this? No. 
and then they absolutely hammer it onto one of those um you know greased or wet down surfaces oh gosh and um and pull on the anchors uh and of course you know the 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 bikes all over the freaking shop and sort of bouncing off these outriggers i'm going they don't look very strong to me no and the sensation if as as a as a as a motorbike rider if you were one and you were experienced in that the sensation that it's going over you're still going to absolutely shit yourself i guess maybe they get used to it but yeah you absolutely are by the way if you can hear a what sounds like a tractor it's a tractor (laughs) yeah it's um they're they're just mowing their hedges and the byways highways and byways of great britain welcome i'm jared thomas and i'm gonna walk you through some of the best unknown byways that this country has got to offer and i'll be doing it with my good friend here richard portini now richard portini tell me where's your favorite byway in the uk uh probably scruttocks up dyke Oh, that's a good one. But be careful. If there's been more than three days of continuous rainfall, that will be impassable. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and, and and remember, take a Thor with you. <laughs> you, you. You must, listen, you must take a Thor. You must take a Thor. Um, I just remembered something. What? Uh, I have no consequence. I wasn't going to mention this. It just come to me. But the day that I saw them ABS testing motorbikes, a man took me out in a lorry tractor unit, you know, an articulated lorry cab, no oh. trailer on it, Oh, onto the um, split mew testing thing, you know, so one side is slippery and one isn't. Yeah. You do a lot of the ABS stuff. Yeah. And absolutely anchored it to <laughs> deliberately causing the <laughs> truck to do a 360 spin wow that was his ultimate aim i think we did it twice because the first time it didn't do a 360 and he went oh that's disappointing i always consider it an achievement if i get a full 360 we did sort of 270 so we went back and did it again fucking terrifying <laughs> I was just it feels to like say. you're going over it just feels like you're going over and then and then i got to watch him doing it again from the outside and you realize it's not leaning as much as it feels but you know those um those lorry cabs the cab itself is Suspended. suspended yeah yeah it heals about holy mother well it's God. it's the lateral lean is is horrible because that was the mm. that was the thing the overriding memory i had of driving a dakar truck was was the guy that was teaching me who was the, the actually one of the previous dakar winners the um deroy one of the deroy family he uh, in, in in the Netherlands. We were in a um, quarry, and he said, you, you, "He said it's going to feel very different to a car because because you're so you're you're ten feet away from the from the chassis, you know, higher." And I was like, 10 feet." He said, "Yeah, you're like ten feet higher, so it's not like a rally car. It'll do things that a rally car will do, but you're it would be like um, you're on a sort of ladder on top of a rally car." And, I'm like, and it was very very disconcerting. <laughs> But what was so good about it was, as we were driving along, sort of flat out. I can't remember. We were in we were in seven hundredth gear or something. I, I changed gear so many times. <laughs> I got RSI that day. But, um, Never in the same gear. Honestly, it's twice. like can can we just have a paddle shift for goodness yeah. sake? This is getting out of hand. <laughs> but I remember seeing these huge like berms. They were they must have been about three feet, four feet high mounds grassy mounds and we were going at about i don't know 50 miles an hour 60 miles an hour and he was directing me and i saw them coming up ahead and he saw that i went to turn around them and he just Mm. went no straight straight just keep going it won't it will not matter it will not matter and we just went straight over four foot mounds of compacted earth and it just felt like it just felt like you know when you glance a really low curb just a slight glance that's what it felt like it was incredible wow incredible oh the other thing i was going to mention by the way is um sorry i'll stop talking about um british test tracks and things that (laughs) i've seen there but the the most funny slash awful thing i've ever seen at a test track was also at myra and they have that long stretch of um cobbles oh yeah belgian parve yeah have you ever seen someone testing one of those single-cylinder dumper trucks on Belgian <laughs> Parve. Uh, no, uh, oh, my holy God. They have to pad up the driver so he looks like the Michelin man because 
those bloody like an things. American footballer. Yeah, well, no, but like sort of like they're wearing a fat suit, basically. Wow. Because those dumper trucks don't have any suspension. They don't have <sighs> springs and dampers. They're just rigid axles mounted to the body because they don't, I guess, need. No, no, they don't. They don't. But you, they still need durability testing. You know, there's, yeah. Uh, so, so there's some poor fucker, and he's wearing a crash helmet as well. He sort of looked like Fat Stig. <laughs> crash helmet, fat suit, dang, 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 down the cobbles, and apparently they could only do it. Any driver could only sort of do it for a, a, a brief period. Then he had to stop and give it to somebody else or take a break because otherwise you'd probably end up with like brain damage or something. What a horrible job! <laughs> that, that, that's. I mean, I, I I always thought the um, the testing of the American curbways um, was was a funny one to watch, and I remember. So you had a line. Uh, this is a this is at Millbrook where they have a line of different um, world. Oh, the driveways, the different yeah. driveways from around the world, oh, yes. and the American one dips down really steeply and then goes up again. Obviously, there's like a storm gully. Mm. And and which I've never understood why it's so acute, given that a lot of older American cars were so softly sprung. You were basically just ru- yeah. ruining your car, getting it in and out of the drive. But um, I, I remember a guy in a Chevy Spark. I think he was in a Chevy Spark, just on full lock, going in at about kind of twenty miles an hour, and then and then going and then full speed reverse, the same a- angle, exactly the same steering wheel angle. And then doing it again, and then doing it again, and I think he did it oh. about fifteen times. And we were just listening out for like ball joints popping and things. It's, yeah. it's absolutely <laughs> awful. It was absolutely awful. There's some terrible. Oh, oh, I'll I'll say my final piece on British proving grounds, Myra. Now I've never got my head around the fact that the cafe on site is called the Lindley. Is it? Yeah. So why would you call it the Lindley when it's called Myra? And that sounds like Myra Hindley, who is, as we know, one of the most notorious child killers ever. Oh, why would you? No. Why would you call the cafe the Myra Lindley? The Myra Lindley. I mean, honestly, it's called the Lindley Cafe. L i n. Why is it called the Lindley Cafe? That's well, I don't. What, I just. Um, but I. I kind of pointed out instantly because I was quite shocked, and nobody else seemed to get it. I'm like, what? <laughs> Hang on. You do understand history of murderers, yes? We all know about this. Yeah, right. Honestly. I'm just going to search. Myra, I'm just searching here. The Lin- Myra Lindley, and let's see what happens. When well, it's you do going. That. It's going to not talk oh, about. Oh no! Well, the first thing that comes up is is Facebook. View the profiles of people named Myra Lindley. Jeez, you'd change your name, wouldn't you? Really? I think you probably would. I mean, I mean, it's it's close enough, isn't it? I've got an answer for you, though. Give me an answer. Um, Myra which, um, for people who don't know, is the Motor Industry Research Association, isn't it? It's a, it's, a, it's a communal test track that all car manufacturers are able to use if they so choose. Yeah. And it's got a load of different test facilities. Is it in Leicester? Is it Leicestershire? I think it's on the border, isn't it? I think it's like it's a kind of Warwickshire-Leicester border. Yeah. But it's built on the site of what was RAF Lindley. Oh! Okay, so they weren't just being really dark with their humour then. Okay, no, no. Okay. no. <laughs> so I, was, I, I was a little bit upset about it, just thinking, what now, on earth? No, we've got two cafes here, both called Fred. Now, that one over there, Fred East, or you could go and eat in Fred West. <laughs> what is wrong with you people? <laughs> um, everyone, Fred East is absolutely mad busy all the time. Fred, the Fred <laughs> no West one. Cafe, it's somewhat bankrupt within weeks. Ah, well, there you um, go. So the Lindley Cafe is referring to the fact yeah. that it was a, it was a RAF it was base. RAF base. Because they all were, weren't they? And basically, that's why Britain's got so many racetracks and test tracks built on old airfields. Because after the Second World War, we had a shitload of airfields that we suddenly didn't really need anymore. And, yep. um, and that's partly why I think motorsport found a natural home in Britain. I think we had lots of places to go and rag cars around. I think it did. And, and uh, my house now, today, is still surrounded by... Um, a lot of air bases, and I'd say what, half of them are, are not really functioning. Hmm. So yeah, there's loads. There's loads. Myra Bruntingthorpe um, yeah. was in the seventies. Wasn't Bruntingthorpe owned by Chrysler for a little bit? Oh, I think it was their test track. Just briefly. That's a very very good question. I have a feeling it was because they were going to sell it to British Leyland. Because BL didn't have a test track of their own, um, didn't they? and Chrysler was in the plop. 
and was about to get sold. Chrysler Europe was about to get sold to Peugeot anyway. But um, yeah, yeah, BL didn't have their own test track. They used to have to use Myra, um, and obviously it's not as secure because you've got loads of other car makers potentially there and other engineers from doing different things. And so, um, but then they ended up buying what was RAF Gaiden and making their test track there. There's so much. I mean, thank goodness for the the Royal Air Force. Aside from being good at protecting the country and stuff like that, they're also really good at um, hammering down racetracks, aren't they? Brilliant. Yeah, just great. Well, they, one of the weird things was that they used to. Um, I'm going really interesting here today, but um, come for the the light car chat. Stay for the test track facts. Um, yeah, the, they used to have airfields they weren't using anymore, but they didn't want to give up in case they needed them strategically, particularly during the Cold War, because Gaydon, which is still the home of Jack Land Rover now, when, that, when British Leyland bought that off the RAF, they hadn't used it for years. It was a V-bomber base. It was where, um, I can't remember which ones, not Vulcans, might have been Valiants were based there. Um, oh, okay. The infamously ill-fated valiant that got withdrawn quite quickly and then the base just became and, and they used to have what they called the care and maintenance roster where they were just places they'd keep them in good nick in case they needed them but they didn't actually use them right which meant you know the surface of the runway was still sort of usable and all this sort of stuff so they were then when when someone like bl fetched up and went look have you got any spare airfields because we kind of need a test track they were able to buy Gaiden. Um and they still use this control tower they there's, there's like a i've been weirdly i went to a meeting once in the control tower at Gaiden. What? Yeah, it was really odd. I had to go and see. I don't know why we went out there, because I, I think, why was it? Because it's in the middle of the test track, obviously. It just sounds... And it's rare that you get allowed out there, because obviously there's quite a lot of secret cars going around. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. I had to have a meeting, because I was on, with, on behalf of um, Top Gear, because we wanted to get early access to, I can't remember what, Jag XK, maybe, or something. And I went for a meeting, and they went, we're going, and we went to the, like this sort of conference room at the... Um, in the control tower. It was really interesting. There's all this history, all these old pictures and stuff pinned to the walls. And, and it was a bit like, you know when you're somewhere and you're trying to be businesslike, but at the same time you just want to go, um, could you just leave me here for a minute to just nerd out about these old pictures of aeroplanes, <laughs> please? Well, there's, I mean, that we, we could go on because there's bent waters and there's what now oh, is yeah. the, the film studios down at uh, Chobham. Chobham was a test place, wasn't it? That, that was particularly creepy years ago. It's become all glam now. Long cross, as they call it now. Yeah. But hey, um, um, that also reminds me, I think it was um, Bentwaters. When I was about 10, so mid-80s, my brother and I went to stay with some family friends down in Suffolk for a week in the summer. Yeah. And they lived near Bentwaters. And one evening, lovely summer's evening, they went, do you want to go and watch the planes at Bentwaters? There's usually, you know, there's usually stuff going on. And I think, what do we see? Those warthogs, I think, but maybe some other fighter jetty type stuff. Harriers? No, it's US stuff. Oh, course, yeah, there was a lot of USAF shizzle going on. But there was a spot where you could go. I think it was Bentwaters. Either Bentwaters or what's the other one? There's one nearby. Oh, you've got um, you've got the ones in Norfolk. Um, oh gosh, fake, not faking them. I mean, they used to be thick with airfields, didn't it? And they were all back then. Cold War still going on. They were all active, and and we and of course it's the mid eighties, so any any. Kid who who's thought even once about this stuff is secretly terrified of of the Russians dropping a nuclear bomb on us, and we were at this spot. There's this kind of lake at Lake and Heath and Mildenhall. Lake and Heath and Mildenhall. Yes, that's it. Because they're they're the ones with the, that are like Little America over in yes. North towards Norfolk Way. Because I've, yeah. I've I've been to both of them. I've been on the I've been on the base properly at Lake and Heath. Have you? Yeah. Because I, how did you um, get to do that? Oh, it was awesome. I, I uh, mm. it's through, before social media, when, when forums were the only way to be boring about one type of car with other, with other people, I, I, um, I got friendly with a, a guy who was um, two guys actually who were U.S. servicemen stationed at one was at Lake Heath, one was at Mildenhall. And they had Chevy Impalas, and I was I, I was at my Impala and was looking for bits and whatever. And they were like, "Just use my military account." I said, um, "What? Yeah, what, 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 one of them, one of them, one of them gave me all of his military account details and went, anything you want, anything you order in the uh. states, order it. Put my name and my details on it, and he said it'll get sent airmail full priority, and you won't be charged any import tax." 
So I went, yeah, okay, great. So I, <laughs> oh, I, I, I used to rinse this. He was a lovely guy. I won't reveal his name. And, and, and I, I rinsed this account, and then I'd go up and see him every sort of two months and just fill the car with boxes. He was a very cool guy. Had a nice, had a nice Impala too. And then the other one didn't have an Impala, but had a couple of other cars. But he was really into German, like eight seventies and eighties German cars. And I mm. weirdly, I sold him a. And I I had a late seventies Volkswagen Derby chrome bumper, which I bought out of a scrapyard. It had been. I went into the scrapyard looking for something completely different, and on the same day, this thing gets trailered in, and apparently it's a, dece- a deceased sale. Uh, the lady's husband died, and she didn't want to ever see the car again. And she, j- it just, just got someone to take it away with all the service history and everything, and it was like a properly garaged, worshipped, bright yellow, nineteen seventy seven VW Derby. And I was just there at the right time, and I went, "What are you doing with that?" He goes, "Well, it's a bit. It seems a bit good to crush." I'm like, "Yeah." Do you want to do a deal? And I bought it there and then <laughs> and went through it and then ended up selling it to one of these US servicemen. And better still, when he got sent back to California to to, uh, to carry on with the US Air Force at a different base, he took it with him. So it was a right-hand drive 1977 VW Derby somewhere in California. Wow. Yeah, Rich, huh. I'm full of it. Well, I was going to tell you, I was going to say about going to, going to watch the planes landing in 1985 at, uh, at Bentwaters. And we pulled into this sort of area where you could just you sort of see the end of the runway or whatever. And there are a few other cars there and just people sort of milling around, nice evening, watching planes coming and going. And suddenly there was an air raid siren. Oh. And I absolutely shat myself. And then we realised it was these two lads with a boombox and they were playing the start of Two Tribes by Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Seriously? Which kicks off with an air raid siren. Yeah, but just for a brief moment, I was like, oh, my God, that's it. The bomb's coming. Oh my the gosh! On its way. That air raid siren is very haunting. It's a very haunting mm. sound. I, I was another thing I wanted to talk about today, which actually this might lead into all of these old RAF bases and air bases all around Britain that are like proving grounds, or whatever. Whenever you go to one of those, you always, if you look around, it's a bit like looking for a, you know a lesser seen animal in the wild. You'll sometimes see a six-wheeled Range Rover a fire response truck. Oh, yeah. And it's always just, it's always just languishing because you know it does about 12 miles a year, but it's, it's always on full choke, but it gets driven hard because, <laughs> you know, it, it has to just start up and go drive flat out to a plane that's burning. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I always like those. I always like seeing those, and I thought, what was it, what was it the other week that a Range Rover turned 50 years old? There was a few pictures circulating around the internet and people going getting all dewy-eyed ah, i do remember this lovely lse oh i do love the blah soft ash blah blah and uh and i thought you know what give me a six wheel <laughs> give me a filthy six wheel range rover carmichael how about if you bought an old uh six wheel range rover mm-hmm. but then had it restored as if it was full vogue spec so a luxury six-wheel Range Rover. There have been a couple. There was a, there, there's been a couple yeah, of sh- yeah, have, sh- Shakespeare. There's been some Shakespeare mm. ones, and I forget what they called them, but I, 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 I have looked them up. But they look really good because they've got the three spokes, you know, like the Vogue three spokes, mm. and then they're, and they're kind of body-coloured bumpers. And actually, <laughs> I mean, it's it back then they were the G wagon, weren't they? That they, they, they were they were doing all of the stuff like the G wagon six by six and all that stuff. Range Rover were, was the base uh, yeah. was the base vehicle for all those specials because G you didn't really have special G wagons back then. They were just military or or just stock. That was it. I'm sort of picturing now. I'm sure that maybe this must. There's a photo I've seen a six wheel luxury Range Rover in brown with. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Sort of turbine wheels on it, like, what's the name of the wheels that were on? TurboVec. Um, TurboVec. Are they the ones that were on, like, the A-Team van and stuff? They were, exactly, yeah. Were they the, Duke, were they the, Duke, were they the Dukes of Hazard wheels as well? Might have been the Dukes of Hazard. Maybe. TurboVec. I know... Uh, we've talked about this before, but you know that exactly once a year I fall down a Dukes of Hazard rabbit hole on the internet. <laughs> Only once a year, no more. No. You less. should do it live th- this time this year. You should do it live. <laughs> but for I, an I never audience. know when it's coming. I never know when it's coming. It just happens to me. It's usually when I'm on a deadline as well, so I'm desperately trying to get work finished. And what I actually do is waste the entire afternoon reading about how many General Lees they wrecked, which no one can ever agree on. But, no. yeah, those wheels, I think, are now quite hard to come by, aren't they? They're, they're rare. And people who want to make replica General Lees uh, struggle to get them if they do not have some. Like all this stuff, I'm sure, I think they might have reissued them. However, they're not. Oh, it, really? It's like okay. all like all the collector pervy stuff. You've got to have a date correct one for it to yeah. be authentic. You know, uh, and, um, authentic. The Citroen AX authentic. But I do, yeah, I do, I do quite like a six wheeler. And then, and then I started thinking that Range Rover Fifty. I know all the claims that they were the first proper SUV, but we kind of know they weren't because mm. of the <coughs> Wagoneer, the, Wagoneer, yeah, which is a, which is a fine beast. Um, but which one would I actually want? Which which Range Rover? Because the current one, I just think is looking at. I never, I never really like the look of it, and I'm bored of it because it's what came out in 2012, 2013, did it? See, I'm going to disagree because I think, like all current Land Rovers and Range Rovers very very spec dependent they let you play such tunes on the spec you know you could really screw it up wrong colour wrong style of side vents all sorts of things you could make it truly truly horrible but you could also I think that that current shape Range Rover is weathered in nicely and in the right spec uh, I really you know sort of nice dark you've got time for one oh yeah yeah, yeah, I you, have. I didn't at the time. I thought they were a bit brash because I was a big fan of the old one. Still am. It's the fake, the fake vent in the door that really it makes me shiver. That's got to be body colour, otherwise not interested. Yes, it has has yeah, to be. Has be to be. That. No, it's 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 all. And then you're like, oh well, what what else? Because I've I've never properly owned a Range Rover. I I, I owned one. I kind of bought one on a TV show, a nice two door Spanish import, which was great. Oh, no, French. It was French import. Two-door, uh, late one. But what, 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 which one would I actually own? Which was the one where they brought back the two-door for a special edition? I can't remember the name of it. The CSK. The CSK, that was it. Very sought-after uh, special edition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But would you, would, you, would you kind of resto-mod? Would you resto-mod one of those? Would you like to have sort of newer underpinnings on the old two-door shell well people are doing that now yeah there's a company that was doing it to a four-door Range Rover classic which had I think a Range Rover Sport five litre underneath yes and it had I suppose necessarily it had much bigger wheels than the old Range Rovers ever came with to clear the brakes, I would guess. It would, but yeah. they, And then they'd had to put bigger arch extensions on it, and to my mind, it totally cocked the look of the whole thing. What, because they were... Because I know sometimes they do this with the, with like other resto mods. They try and replicate the original wheel, but they go up by... That's what they've done. ...by two inches, and it sometimes oh, works. Oh, God, at least, yeah. It's usually... I think it's usually the fault. It, where, it, where it falls down is the profile of the tyre... Or the dish of the wheel. If the dish is as was the original, because a lot of smaller wheels had a bit of a dish on, didn't they? Yes. As soon as you lose that dish, it just looks like a large disc, dinner platey disc. And I think large disc wheels don't work on an on an off roady kind of vehicle. They have to have some dish. Yeah. Because it makes it look more stocky and more stout. 
mm, because it's maybe. so so you know i just don't like three spoke wheels i don't i just I, I, can't, I don't think there's a single three spoke wheel that i can enjoy no right gonna stop me right there that's it let's it's it's a, a listener's poll time there's two acceptable three spokes in the world Saab 900 Turbo. Mm, just. Okay. Just. They, 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 they work. They are acceptable mm, mm. in the 80s. <laughs> and I think, and I think, I actually think that the, the Vogue that, the, that we were talking about, the classic Range Rover Vogue. Again, just. By just a whisker, about. by a... By a by a small pinch of pubic hair, it's hanging on there. But it's yeah, it's acceptable. I, I had a horrible feeling you were going to say Fiesta Turbo, and I was going to have to torch the whole podcast <laughs> and everything that it stands for. Well, that's where most of those three spokes went. Unfortunately, they got torched, and uh, they look like it's like identifying a Fiesta by its dental records. You go, oh, three spokes. That was a turbo from the joyriding era. Hey, Rich, what's the worst thing about getting a car insurance quote? Well, it's filling out the online form, obviously. Exactly. So what if I told you there's a car insurance broker that can give you a personalised quote from a real human being on the phone? Get away. It's all true. It's Adrian Flux Insurance. Well, I'm going to ring them right now. Well, hold up. Don't do that yet, because we've got to finish recording this podcast, yeah? Hmm, fair point. This episode of the Smith & Sniff podcast is sponsored by Adrian Flux Insurance. I saw you talking on Twitter uh, last week. You said it was the anniversary of your jumping a Dukes of Hazard-themed Ford Sierra Sapphire. Yeah. And I hadn't realised. How many how many years since you did that? It said 15, although I thought it was 16. So unless my kind of um, uh, storage fo- photo storage um, cloud is tricking me and trying to give me Alzheimer's, I um I think it was it's fifteen years to the week and that's why I put a picture of it on social media and I thought, crumbs I remember it like it was yesterday and uh, so this is you were working at Max Power magazine Max Power yeah and you was it your idea it was my idea because we knew that the Dukes of Hazard film was coming out that that year that or that month ah. and they'd actually got in contact with the mag to say did you want to um come to the premiere and i actually i don't think we ended up managing to go to the premiere which is ridiculous because i would have loved to have done but of course it's the johnny knoxville one and what's the funny guy from american pie uh, stifler uh, yeah that, him that's his name isn't it he's just called he's stifler. just called stifler and what's the what, what what was the the actress's name um uh jessica simpson Jessi- wasn't it, yes jessica simpson so that it was simpson. that it was that which i think is a two was 2004 or 2005 i forget which but needless to say, we, I said, well, let's let's do a Dukes of Hazard kind of remake. But obviously, we're not going to jump a, an expensive classic, and we're going to try and you know uh, uh, kind of steer clear of the Confederate uh, connections. Let's mm-hmm. make it a bit tongue in cheek, make it a bit memorable. We'll do a video which we can put on um, on a DVD. And this was obviously YouTube hadn't started yet, but but Max Power had a pretty powerful forum that we used to upload our own videos to. And that was it. I pitched the idea to the editor and he went, go and do it. Um, get a price for a ramp and a price for a build for a car. And so You went to the editor of Max Power magazine. You went, I would like to jump. Did you say, did you have a Sierra in mind or it was just, I'd like to jump a no, car? No, I said, I said, let's do it. Let's do Dukes of Essex because I think it'd be funny. And obviously the home of, of sort of modified car cruising was Essex. And I said, there's nothing more Essex than a Ford. I said, I don't trust an escort, too tinny. So I said, let's go. Well, let, let's go something like Sierra, and and then we called it the the General Leon C, cause Essex seaside town. And I said, we'll get it painted up, and it was built by some guys who build stock and. Um, uh, banger cars. In fact, they've done a lot of work for Top Gear. When you will have worked on Top Gear, um, Cecil Cecil's uh, Rent a Rookie. They did a lot of the um, cars that you got. Some of the action cars that you guys have had over the years. And did they, yeah, they have. And, I don't remember that. And they and they no. they sourced me a SAF. What was quite funny was it, they said, "Oh well, we've got one. It's been quite hard to find one, but we've got one. But it's a two liter twin cam." <laughs> um, um, but the engine's a bit knocky, so what we might do is we might take the um, the engine out and put another one in, and they put another engine in, and it was it was flipping Larry because by the time they'd stripped 
it out and although they'd put this sort of h frame cage in it like a stock car for a cage it was flipping quick um and we it was so what a, did they put in then they didn't put another twin cam in they put a what just a two liter it, it was a pinto but it was it was a it, it was a hot pinto and it was um uh, coming up later uh, we'll have live in session hot pinto <laughs> The support act for the Red Hot Chili Peppers were they? And they yeah. were like, "You can't be hot. We're hot. Okay, we'll be cold pinto for goodness' sake. All right, <laughs> cold pinto actually sounds better. It, do, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. So, so oh, yeah. sorry, just a supplementary question: was it, was a SAF considered uh, preferable to a Sierra hatch for body rigidity reasons, or am I overthinking this? I thought it looked a little bit better. And uh, and I, I I think I think when we, we beggars couldn't be choosers, we had a price to build the entire car. Obviously, we only had one car. What what mm. what sort of disappeared into the 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 mysteries of time, the tapestry of time, is that we actually had a couple of support cars built. We had a sheriff's car built that was like a kind of uh, uh, chase car that we were going to do a scenario with. Right. And we ended up not really using it because we ran out of time on the day of the shoot and we had a, we had a, a model there as a Daisy Duke and numerous other things but the the sheriff's what was the sheriff's car it was it was a uh, nissan bluebird with with bullhorns it had huge <laughs> so it was sort of a mashup between boss hogs car so it was it was a black and white nissan bluebird with massive horns and a flashing beacon on the roof and we didn't really use it i think we've got photos of it somewhere we got it parked in a barn with bo and luke being like um uh handcuffed or something we did some weird scenarios for the mag but yeah we we, we jumped this down in um, um pole 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 it's near eastbourne i was gonna say pole i was gonna say it's gonna say pole dark but obviously that's just a cornish, <laughs> pole, a cornish. pole dance the, the lovely village of pole dance <laughs> um yeah pole dance is that that lovely uh, evocative peugeot film about pike's peak <laughs> why um why down there? Because the guys that built the car were based down there. They built the, okay. the ramp, which I remember, 12 foot long with a four foot elevation. And this had they were they qualified ramp people? Had they jumped cars before? They, or was this all done on the back of a fag pack? No, Cecil had jumped lots of cars. They, and they built the ramp okay. really well. And I, I made the executive decision not to have a down ramp. I'd started to have a few nightmares about sort of undershooting the down ramp and then hit, mm. and then hitting the down ramp, which was steel. So I was like, no, I don't want a down ramp. I'll just land on the field. So we just had this field that we hired, and uh, it was a very, very hot day, so very kind of dry, kind of dead grass. Um, and, yeah, we just uh, – I, I, I reversed into the furthest most corner of the field, and I remember them saying to me, don't use third. Just ring it out in second. Don't use really? Third. Yeah, they said ring it out in second but because then you know you – What's it going to top out at in second, though? Well, it – about 50 yeah that's what they estimated so that was enough that you didn't want i presume you don't want too much speed or you're just gonna loft it well here's the problem rich so we i did i did a couple of trial runs uh up to the ramp as you do and ringing it out in second it was so skitty um, on the sort of dry, arid field, uh, I, I, yeah. I got the heebie-jeebies because I, I just thought I'm going to go up to the ramp and it's just going to snake. It's going to crab a little bit just on the, on the, on the, on the, on the takeoff, and then it's going to go into this massive kind of um, corkscrew roll. And we had a Sony. I remember it. We had a Sony Handycam, gaffer taped and gaffer taped with loads of bubble pack and zip ties onto the roll cage behind my shoulder we've got some footage some of it survives and uh, i was wearing motocross pads and rigger boots and a helmet that didn't really fit me properly i mean i had to i had to uh, this all got i had to get this passed by the health and safety at the time of um, the magazine publisher i mean i think i might have dumbed it down a little bit i feel like the health and safety was less well developed yeah. in 2005 when it yeah. was because <laughs> I can't imagine this being signed off now. You were no. jumping an old Ford Sierra in a field in the West Country. Yeah. Well, yeah, West Sussex or East Sussex. Or oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. that. All right. Yeah. West Sussex. West Sussex. But they, what was funny is they, my editor, John, he said as he, as he signed it off and I, 
walked out the room to go and make it happen. He said, Johnny, for goodness sake, get it, get it done properly. You've got one chance. Don't fuck it up. And I went out the room going, yeah, of course, we've built the car. We've had it all really well painted. We've only got one car. You can't do a jump and then go, oh, let's try another one while the front is all bananaed up. So I just thought... At no I've, point did you think about getting a, a stunt driver in for this then? No, I thought to make to make it more memorable as a feature, hmm. um, one of the Max Power staff members had to do it. The, the readers had to know that one of us, one of the boys, had done it. Hmm. We'd helped to build the car and we'd helped to do this and we'd used a car that was kind of attainable and a bit funny. And So no, at no point did I think that was a good idea. And at no point did I think it was a good idea to weight the boot down, although in hindsight that would have been a great idea. But um, You didn't weight the boot? No, I decided not to. We thought about it and we didn't in the end. I mean, because we're idiots. My, my annual uh, Dukes of Hazard rabbit hole. I know that they used to heavily weight the boots of the Dodge Chargers that jumped in that show. Yeah, because I mean, because obviously the Chargers a bigger, heavier car with a bigger, heavier engine. But yeah, they they wanted a nice sort of flat level flight, and you wouldn't get it without weighting the boot. No, and you get you. I remember hitting the jump. And then taking off, and I remember when it was at its sort of maximum height, it was sailing nice and horizontally. And I remember thinking, this is awesome. I remember actually looking out <laughs> across the other fields going, this is it. If it lands like this, this is absolutely mega. And we were right next to her. We were right next to her, um, and a railway embankment. And as I was doing one of the run-ups, the previous run-ups, a train went by with a load of people on it. And um, when you look at the photos back, you can see the car is 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 as high as the train was on the embankment and the embankment was high like 20 feet high <laughs> something like that i mean it's high so so um yeah when i hit it the problem i said the main problem apart from the fact that i thought it was a good idea in the first place was that i changed into third at the last second oh. because the car the car was shimming around and i was not happy about it and I thought, I'm just going to stick it into third and then just coast a little bit. And the problem with that is the car gathered even more pace. And even the, the, the guy, the stunt guys said to me afterwards, who built the car, they were like, you put it in third. We heard you. And, we assume, and he said, as soon as, you, as soon as we heard you shift another gear, we looked at one another and went, oh, shit. <laughs> and I think we probably hit the jump at about 60. And it felt like Oy. 60 when I landed because the car then went into a nosedive and I remember it because if I think from the footage I take my hands off the wheel to do the brace 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 position because I think the car's about to do an end-to-end it felt like it was going to end-to-end and then and then I realized it's not going to end-to-end it's going to come down nose hard so I put my hands back on the steering wheel um for some reason but what was all apart from the sound of my neck I remember the sound of my neck but we'll gloss over that bit I remember landing and the car still ran and drove, even though it was completely bent. The, the, the floor pan had a big wrinkle all the way along it where the gear shifter is and the transmission tunnel is. It looked a little bit like Gordon Ramsay's forehead all the way along there. <laughs> and, but yeah, it was, it, was, it was a fun day and it led to some medical complications for quite a few years, but I'm, I'm, I don't although my wife doesn't like me to say this i don't regret it i don't regret doing it i think it was it was a it was a cool thing to have done a bit silly but younger different times you know younger people different times i know, I know. and it's so you it's, basically frigged your back for my neck many it was my, 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 my back was good my neck wasn't great i didn't really have a good enough um uh neck brace and my helmet didn't fit me tight enough and i just remember hearing my neck hyperextend while my shoulders stayed perfectly intact in the race seat so uh, i kind of i got that proper like head lurching forward kind of thing going on uh, so it took me a quite a long time to kind of work work that out on my body but but i'm all right now it only took about seven, seven years but you jumped a car man i mean that's you know not many people can say that so no no, it was and it was great. It was great. the The car went on actually to um, and I, funny enough on on Instagram, the guy, one of the guys that built the car, got in touch with me after seeing that picture, and he went, "You do know that after you guys finished with the car, we we did take it to a show, a, a, um, a Max Power show, and had it on display. We had people dancing on it and 
because in its wrecked state so people could look at it but after that those boys took it and he banger raced it and what? he said it raced quite well oh my God. yeah so they, they they straightened out the front of the chassis and put a different engine in because it it wrecked the engine it smashed the engine up and lost all its oil pressure um but they put another engine in it and it ended up doing a a, a round of banger racing as well so jeez you know. i mean what i'd like is i'd, I'd really like a written uh, just a little post-it note saying um, how much he enjoyed it if if Johnny Knoxville had ever watched it. That would be nice. I mean, I don't know what Johnny Knoxville's doing these days. I, Do you? No. I, just, he, I was a big fan of Jackass, even though it was silly. Maybe he's done some elaborate idiotic stunt at home and he's currently trapped under a bookcase and nobody's <laughs> nobody's noticed because he's, he's sort of ceased to be as famous as he was. I don't know. Can you imagine that Steve-O's accidentally kind of like wood screwed his scrotum to a table and realised <laughs> that he's, and he's, he's in isolation he's remembered that he lives alone and his phone is in the other room and he's spent <laughs> the last year living off condensation from the window and little little slivers of a house plant whilst feebly shouting for help but unfortunately the jackass millions bought him quite a large isolated house so um He's uh, yeah. He's just nowhere near that damn. I wish he would just got the phone before he screwed his yeah. bag well, to the I table. I mean, seriously. Oh, he, oh, he's trying to reach for the screwdriver, but he's dropped it and it's rolled under the sofa. Because then he could just unscrew his nut bag from the table again. But no, <laughs> or it's a Phillips <laughs> screw. He bought cheap Phillips screws and he stripped the head on it, which is always so oh, annoying. Gosh, isn't it? It's yeah, just infuriating when you do that. If you use an electric screwdriver and you've you've wound the power right yeah. up, it will completely round off the, yeah. the Phillips head. <sighs> That's awful. Well, on that sobering thought for the stars of Jackass, I think it's probably time to wrap things up. Thank you very much for listening to Smith & Sniff. Uh, Another one of these same day next week, which is Monday morning. We're here every week at the moment. Uh, Don't forget to like and subscribe because apparently that's what you have to do these days. Also check out Johnny's YouTube channel, Car Pervert. And uh, if you're really bored, you can buy my medium-sized book of boring car trivia, which is available as a physical book or an e-book on Amazon. That's enough promoting stuff. What would you recommend? Would you recommend physical book or, or, or digital? I would go physical book because the formatting is nicer. I like ebooks. I've got I've no I've no I've no qualm with ebooks. I buy a lot of books as ebooks these days, but I think this is a leave by the loo kind of book. Yeah, this is a downstairs toilet. Yeah. And you you don't want to leave your Kindle or an iPad by the loo, do you? Someone will Oh, you imagine going around to someone's house and they've just got a downstairs toilet Kindle. No one would use that, would they? That's that's how you know someone's yes. flash. It's a toilet Kindle. Right. <laughs> this is toilet Kindle. Uh, that's enough of that. <laughs> Good to talk, mate. Oh, thank you for listening, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye. Toilet Kindle. This episode of the Smithers Div podcast is sponsored by Adrian Flux Insurance. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.